0: All right, take your Bibles if you would please and turn to the book of Luke. Turn to the book of Luke if you would please and stand with me as we're going to dive right in uh, this evening. uh, The book of Luke chapter 6. We're going to continue our uh, series in uh, the stewardship as we finish this up. Uh, Lord willing, this evening, Luke chapter 6. And we entitled this Stewardship is Giving. Stewardship is Giving. Luke chapter 6, verses uh, 27 uh, through 38 there, Luke chapter 6, verses 27 through 38, the Bible says, But I say unto you, which hear, love your enemies, and do good to them which hate you. Bless them that curse you, and pray for them which despitefully use you. And unto him that smiteth thee on the one cheek, offer also the other. And him that taketh away thy cloak, forbid not to take thy coat also." Give to every man that asketh of thee, and of him that taketh away thy goods, ask them not again. And as ye would that men should do unto you, do ye also to them likewise. For if ye love them which love you, what thank ye? What, what thank have ye? For sinners also love those that love them. And if ye do good to them which do good to you, what thank have ye? For sinners also do even the same." And if ye lend to them of whom ye hope to receive, what thank have ye? For sinners also lend to sinners to receive as much again. But love your enemies, and do good, and lend, hoping for nothing again. And your reward shall be great, and ye shall be the children of the highest. For he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. Be therefore merciful, as your Father also is merciful. Judge not, and ye shall not be judged." Condemn not, and ye shall not be condemned. Forgive, and ye shall be forgiven. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, and shaken together, and running over, shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that ye meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I thank you for the opportunity that we have to be able to look into your word once again. And I pray that you would take this time that we have and to use it in our hearts and our lives. I pray that you would use me. Fill me with your precious Holy Spirit, I ask, that your grace would work in and through me. That I be completely surrendered to you. Help me not to say anything that would hinder the, uh, the, the word, that would distract people from the word. We ask you for this. We love you this evening. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. you. may be seated. As I mentioned this morning, there are five types of people that would attend the church that may even be here this evening. And I mentioned that there are really, the, the five types of people are five types of giver. There's the non-giver. There's the first-time giver. There is the regular giver. There's the tither. There is the extravagant giver or... The sacrificial giver, we could name it either one. And all of us fall into one of those categories. And for us this evening, I want us to take a look at the basis of the stewardship of giving and then see where we line up in those categories. Where do I fit in with those categories? I spoke to you this morning that love is the foundation for stewardship. That's the take-home. I want you to remember, love is the foundation for stewardship. We're not, this is not a money grab. This is not a a, uh, financial uh, push, uh, none of those things. What we're learning to do as believers is to be good stewards of all that God's given to us. We've talked about uh, stewardship of priorities, uh, of management, and, and, and different things like that. There's been four different, this is the fourth different sermon on stewardship that we've given. It's touched on giving. It's touched on being faithful in what we have. But it's also hit different areas of our lives. And so this evening, I want us to uh, pick up where we left off. We were looking at the character of giving, the character of Christian giving. And I mentioned to you that Christian giving is unlike the world's giving. It's totally different. I talked to you about, well, what does it look like for me to give as a Christian? And Jesus was using these very tangible ways to show us what Christian giving should look like. One of the first things that we saw this morning is that Christian giving returns good for evil. Christian giving returns good for evil. We learn that it's unnatural to love our enemies, but Jesus specifically told us to love our enemies. But it's unnatural, but we're still to love them. And uh, we, we learned that loving our enemies comes from the will. We also learned this morning that the character of Christian giving is Christian giving elevates society. Elevates society because the gospel gets out. People get to hear the gospel. They get to uh, maybe see the gospel. The printed word gets to them. So it helps society. But then I want us to look at some something new this evening. Letter C, Christian giving is more than trading. Christian giving is more than trading. I remember I used to have about six to seven thousand baseball cards. I had some football cards, but most of them baseball cards, and I had a couple of hockey cards and stuff like that. But I had about six to 7,000 different kinds of baseball cards, ranging from 1910 all the way up. I had the, I had a couple, I had one, if I remember, the old, they used to come in old cigar boxes, and I, I got one of those, and, and uh, after my dad was done smoking a cigar, he gave it to me, and, and, <laughs> and anyway, <clears throat> Hey, man, he put me through it all my life, all my life, and now it's my turn, and I'm not going to let up on the gas, all right? But uh, I I had to, and and I remember I had all those different cards, and I remember sometimes uh, in school, we would flip for cards over, when we had a school, we would take the cards, and we would flip for cards, and we were trading, okay? I I knew that I was going to get some, and they knew that they were going to get some, and so we would trade cards, See, what happens is many times Christians feel like that's the way their giving should be. Many times at Christmas, what do we do? We'll go to a cookie exchange. Why? Because we know we're going to get cookies, right? I'm going to give something in order to be able to get something. That's not to be our motivation for giving. Hello? We are not to give in order to get. That's not Christian giving. Christian giving is more than trading. See, even the unsaved can give to others when they believe that it's in their best interest and to their advantage to do so. So many times we'll say, oh, well, I'm going I'm to be a tither because, or I'm going to be a giver to church, or I'm going to be, uh, because, man, I know it's in my best interest. That should not be our motivation. Our motivation for stewardship is love because of the relationship that we have with Christ Jesus. See, for believers, we are to give because we want to give. I want you to take a look at verse 35. We give to God and we give to others because God has given to us. Take a look at verse 35. <clears throat> but love your enemies and do good and lend Hoping for nothing again, and your reward shall be great, and ye shall be the children of the highest, for he is un—he is kind to the unthankful and to the evil. This is radical giving, right there. That's radical giving. It's the kind of giving that is based upon agape love, and uh, many times we would we like to think that the only people that really uh, have the responsibility to give are those who are well-off financially. Do you realize when Jesus was speaking uh, uh, many, of these, uh, to, many of these times on giving that he was talking to his disciples who had absolutely nothing? I'm not talking about American nothing, you know. You know, you walk in your closet and you only have 10 pair of pants. Man, I don't have anything to wear, you know. I only have 15 dresses, you know, ladies. I only have 82 pair of shoes. What am I going to do? I don't have anything to wear. Now, we're not talking about Americanized type of nothing. When I say his disciples had nothing, they didn't have anything. See, God wants us to give out of our deep, if you will, poverty, as evidence, as evidence of his grace and not our grit. Giving sacrificially is to be an evidence of God's grace in our life and not that we're just going to grit this thing out, that, that I can do this on my own. No, it's an evidence of God's grace working in our life. If you study this passage, you'll find in verse 20 of this passage... Take a look there, back in in, uh, Luke chapter 6. And he lifted up his eyes on his disciples and said, Blessed be ye poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. That word poor there has to do with abject poverty. He just says, blessed be ye poor, those who are in abject poverty. We would look at that as someone who is homeless, right? Could you imagine if we had a church full of, of homeless people here this evening, and I'm preaching to them on sacrificial giving? Most of you would say, well, why would you preach? They don't have anything to give. That's exactly who Jesus was preaching to here. See, because giving is not a matter of your financial state. Giving is a matter of your relationship with the Lord. See, the command to give has nothing to do with riches or wealth. Jesus knew that they could not give as much as the rich. But he talked to the poor about giving because we all need to learn to give to God. Stewardship is giving. Letter D. Christian giving. The character of Christian giving. Christian giving is more than trading. But letter D. Christian giving is modeled by God. Verses 35 and 36. Uh, But love your enemies. And do good to them, and lend, hoping for nothing again. And your reward shall be great, and ye shall be the children of the highest. For he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. Be ye therefore merciful, as your Father also is merciful. I want you to think about something. When the world invests money, they invest money that will give them the best return. Right? I mean, I don't know of anybody with any money that they want to invest and say, hey, I want to invest this to get the worst return possible. No, what do you do? You invest money to be able to get the best return possible. And to be honest with you, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with with investing uh, like that. it's It's not hoarding. It's not being selfish. It's based really on being a good steward of the assets and resources that God's given to you. Now, I want you to think about something. God has invested in each one of us through the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ. And God's investment in us promised high risk and low yield at the time of investment. God's invested in us, right? Through the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ. But at the time of the investment... It posed high risk and low yield. I want you to turn to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. Take a look there in Romans chapter 5. And take a look at verse 6. For when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Take a look at verse 8. But God commended His love toward us, and while that we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Take a look at verse 10: For if, when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son, much more, being reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. What am I say, Pastor? What are you saying? That the, the the promised risk was very high for God. We were sinners. We were enemies of God. We didn't want anything to do with God. But He still sent His Son. He still sent His Son to die on the cross for our sins. See, the world system is not based on mercy. Isn't that what it says in our text? Be therefore merciful as your Father also is merciful. The world's system is not based on mercy. What's the world's system based on? It's based upon merit. The foundation of all business is merit, right? Merit is based on giving value in return for value or for money. But those of us who know Christ as our personal Savior understand that salvation is not merit, but it's mercy. And because of that relationship that we have, our love for God is the basis, of the foundation for our stewardship. And then therefore, we give. What does Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 say, right? For by grace, what? Are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast, right? So, Christian giving is modeled by God, letter E. Christian giving is an attitude that affects others and ourselves. Letter E. Christian giving is an attitude that affects others and ourselves. Take a look at verse 37. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not and ye shall not be condemned. Forgive, and ye shall be forgiven. When we give to God, it affects ourself, and it affects others. This verse about judging is in the context of giving. And it says a couple things. It says, don't judge. It says, don't condemn. And it says, do forgive. These are all admonitions for us. These are all attitudes that we can choose to have or not to have. You know what I found? It's a whole lot easier to choose to be judgmental than it is not to be judgmental. Isn't it easy to be critical? But scripture tells us exactly the opposite. See, it's not our place to measure someone else's spirituality by what we think. Did you get that? Anybody with me tonight? Okay, good. I'm glad nobody said no. (laughs) We don't measure somebody's spirituality by what we think. It's not our place. Our standard of judging others will ultimately be the standard by which God judges us. When we're judged, the Bible plainly teaches, when we're judged, we're going to be judged in both accomplishment and attitude, you ever meet? Yeah, there's there's nothing worse to me than an old cranky crusty Christian. Cranky crusty Christian, the three C. And and it really scares me when new believers come into the church because I'm like, no 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 no! Stay away! Stay away from them! Don't, don't, no, no, no! You say, Pastor, are you talking about me? If the shoe fits, right? You know, the ones that complain about everything? Well, I remember the way it used to be. Well, guess what? Before it used to be like that, it used to be like something else. There's nothing worse than an old, cranky, crusty Christian that affects other people. And they, this is the way they work. They'll say, bless God. I've served in the nursery for 52 years and I've just been faithful. Just faithful. Nobody appreciates me around here. (laughs) Do you realize we're going to be judged on our accomplishments and attitude? It's just not enough to be faithful. Folks, listen, we've taken the fun out of fundamentalism. We ought to be coming in here and enjoying. It's not that, oh man, I can't believe I was put back on the list again. I got to do this again. I got to Well, you know what? Bless God. (laughs) If that's the way you feel about it, we'd rather just have you off the list. Both the associate pastors are like going, no, I need more workers. Don't say that, pastor. We'll take them anyway. We can get them. (laughs) But we're going to be judged on our attitudes and our actions. And many times, if we're not careful, we will be judgmental of others and forget that that is the way that God is going to judge us. See, the point is, if we're going to be judgmental, critical, and unforgiving in our attitude towards fellow believers, we'll meet that same spirit when we stand before God, when he evaluates our stewardship. So are you going to be forgiving toward a brother or sister? Are you going to be critical towards a brother or sister? Are you going to be judgmental? You know, look, Let me just stop here. And I know we're talking about stewardship, but let me just stop here and and try. And if you'll allow me, let me pastor you just for a minute. Look, I'm going to make mistakes. Brother Tyler's going to make mistakes. Brother Richard's going to make mistakes. People that volunteer here are going to make mistakes. why don't we just learn to think the best of people? Why don't we just say, oh, okay, well, that, that might have been a little bit different than what we're used to, but, oh, okay, I'm sure somebody will, we'll figure it out. You know, I believe that that's the way Christ would have us be, than being critical, or judgmental, or gossiping about what's going on. Stewardship is understanding that Christian giving is an attitude that affects others and ourselves. Let me move on. Christian giving brings unexpected blessings, letter F. Christian br- giving brings unexpected blessings from unexpected sources. Take a look at verse 38. Given, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down and shaken together and running over, shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that ye meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. Here's a promise right here. Here's a promise for us. We will receive blessings from God in proportion to what we have given. That's exactly what it says. You want me to put it in modern day English? Your blessings from God are a result of what you've given to God. So the blessings that we receive from God are in proportion to what we've been given. See, God gives based upon how we have given to him. I'm not talking about a a prosperity gospel. But that's what it says here. For with the same measure that ye meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. That's exactly what he's saying. I once had a young man call me from another state. And he said, uh, Pastor, he goes, can I ask you a question? Yeah. He said, should I tithe on my net or on my gross income? I responded to him very quickly. I called his name out and I said, well, let me ask you a question. Do you want a net or a gross blessing from God? What type of blessing do you want? Do you want a net blessing or do you want a gross blessing? You answer that question and there you go. So how could you say that? Because that's what Scripture says. Wherewithal ye meet, it shall be measured out to you again. See, we will receive little blessing from God when we invest little with God. So the question is, what level of blessing do you want from God? And he teaches us that that our blessings come from unexpected places. It says, um, um, shall men give into your bosom? It doesn't tell us exactly where. And so the point that Jesus is making, he's saying, when we become a giver, we ultimately will become a receiver in return. But if we're only spiritual consumers, we'll never become spiritual receivers. If we are just spiritual consumers, we will never become spiritual receivers. So the first element in Christian giving has to do with its character, and then secondly, very quickly, <clears throat> the Christian, the spirit of Christian giving. We we spent the majority of this morning and this evening. This is going to be very quick. I've got two points for you underneath this. Very uh, very quickly, <clears throat> the spirit of Christian giving. The character of Christian giving are acts that might seem unnatural. But there's to be a a spirit of Christian giving. We should not only have an open hand as believers, but an open heart that's filled with compassion. We should not only have an open hand, but an open heart that's filled with compassion. Letter A, a spiritual lifestyle. A spiritual lifestyle. See, Christian giving is more than isolated acts of kindness. It's a constant part of the Christian way of life. Did you hear me? Christian giving is more than just isolated acts of kindness. It is to be a constant part of the Christian's way of life. So well, what are you telling, uh, telling me, Pastor? You and I, we need to see giving to God as more than a one-time event, but a continual attitude that affects every area of our life. There are many marriages that keep score. You know, it's tit for tat. They've got that tally in their mind, and they're keeping score. And let me tell you something. If that's the way that you work your marriage... Your marriage is going to end or it's going to be very, very, very miserable. No wonder you're unhappy. Don't keep score. It doesn't make for a healthy marriage. You say, well, what does that have to do with giving? Because we should not keep score when it comes to our financial state with God. We don't keep a balance sheet with God. Christian giving is an act of love. And a good marriage doesn't keep score, and a good relationship with God does not keep score. Because by the way, if you keep score with God, you're always going to lose. Because you never can outgive God. See, as you grow and as I grow in my love for God, I will grow in my giving to God. But letter B. It's an expression of grace. The spirit of Christian giving, it's a spiritual lifestyle. It's not something that we do every once in a while. It's not just random acts of kindness every once in a while. But it's a heart of compassion. And then it's an expression of grace. Here you go. To be the kind of giver that God wants us all to be. Do you know what kind of giver that God wants us all to be? You say, yeah, he wants us to be a tither. No, he doesn't. You probably never thought that you would ever hear from the pulpit of open Bible that God does not want you to be a tither. He wants you to be an extravagant, sacrificial giver. Far above the tithe. Far above the tithe. Why? We're supposed to have that same kind of love. What was the love that God showed us? Self-sacrificing love. He put it all out there for us. Tithing is just the beginning And for us as believers to be the kind of giver that God desires for all of us to be, it takes grace and God is the giver of that grace. See, God's not looking for us to give just by sheer grit. Don't give out of sheer grit. The Bible tells us that God loves a cheerful giver. To be honest with you, It'd be better, you say. Well, I, I just, man, I just can't stand the give. I just, <clears throat> then don't let God deal with you. See, because I, I you, how can you say that? Don't you want money for the church? It's not about the church's financial state. This is about your heart and your relationship with God. See, He doesn't want us giving out of grit. One of the most exciting times in my life, every month, because I get paid once a month, is when I get to write out my tithe, offering, building fund, and, and grace giving checks. I'm serious, I'm not, that's, I get excited about that. One of the most exciting, okay Lord, now, now how do you want me to increase here? What do you want me to give here? I look, I man, I hope that that's your heart as well. That you're excited to be able to give to the work of God. Why? Because this is bigger than us. This is something that is going to reach into all of eternity. And God doesn't want us giving out of grit. And to be honest with you, as your pastor, I don't want you giving out of grit. Well, we just got to do this. That's not the way it's supposed to be. There's a heart transformation that needs to take place. God loves a cheerful giver. You know what? There ought to be times in your life that you'd be able to look back and uh, we, got our, we got our year-end statement this year. I've got a goal in my mind ever since I was a young man, a goal in my mind, how much I would like to be able to give to the work of God during my lifetime. I set that in my mind years and years ago. I said, this is what I'd like to see. And my wife, she opened up the, uh, the giving thing. I hadn't seen it. I guess I was away or something. And she said, did you realize what we gave this year? I'm like, no. And she told me she read it. I'm like, you got to be, no, that's got to be wrong. I'm going to have to call Sue Lillian or Kevin Lillia and find out what's going on. This has got to be wrong. And I looked at her I was like, yeah, that was exciting to me. Why? Because of what God had done. It was His grace working in and through. It's nothing that I've done. It's nothing that you do. It's His grace working in and through me, and I was able. I, I, I was able to uh, receive joy from knowing that hey, I gave a part in God's work. He used me in that way. See, that's expression of His grace. Let me ask you: Are you allowing God to express His grace through you in giving? I want you to turn to one last portion of Scripture and then we'll close. I want you to turn over to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. I'm not using myself to prop myself up on a pedestal because there are plenty of times that I could tell you. There's been times in the past where I've told you where I've failed in sharing the gospel and I've been embarrassed about that. So I don't want you to think that, oh, well, Pastor, you know, Pat, I'm not patting myself on the back. It's just I don't look at anybody else's tithing records, so I can't tell you, hey, you know, I just want to let you know so-and-so, this is how much they gave this year. Isn't that wonderful? You know, most people that, that, that want to give sacrificially or extravagantly, they don't want anybody else to know anyway. It's nobody else's business. It's just between them and the Lord. So I don't want you to think that I'm trying to pat myself on the back because there's probably plenty of areas in my life that you, you folks could teach me about and help me along in my journey. That's why we're called the body. We're here to help each other. This may be an area of faith where I'm very strong in, where you might be much stronger in another area, and you could challenge me as I'm trying to challenge you. In 2 Corinthians chapter 8, take a look at verse 7. Therefore, as ye abound in everything, in faith and utterance and knowledge and in all diligence and in your love to us, see that ye abound in this grace also. You say, what's he talking about? He was talking about giving. This is about the Macedonians, the example of Mas- the Macedonians giving. See, God wants us to mature and excel in the grace of giving. Now, let me ask you, what category do you fall into? Because stewardship is giving. And love is the foundation of stewardship. See, God doesn't want our money for its sake alone. Look, he's got unlimited resources at his disposal. He's got unlimited resources at his disposal. God wants to, to, uh, for us to give to him so that he can be justified in blessing us abundantly and enriching us in every area of our life. That's why. Because he is a just God, and he wants to be justified in blessing us abundantly and enriching us in every area of our lives. Now, what area do you fall in? Are you a non-giver? Well, then I would encourage you to start to be a first time giver if you're a non giver. Secondly, if you've been a first time giver, I would challenge you to become a regular giver. Thirdly, if you're a regular giver, you might give 20 bucks a week to to the Lord or whatever, become a tither. Become a tither. And then if you're a tither, I would encourage you to pray about increasing your giving by 5% and learn to become an extravagant giver, a sacrificial giver. I can't tell you how many times over and over again that God has abundantly blessed me because i put him first in the area of finances. It's true. It's true. And I would encourage you to pray about your part starting next week. Say, okay, this is what we're going to do. If you haven't already, maybe you've already done that. Me and my wife, we've already done that. We've been doing it for a couple weeks now. But okay, I'm going to follow. I am going to grow. This this 2020, I'm going to grow in this area. We're going to talk about some other areas throughout the year about growing in. But would you consider growing in this area? Some of you have heard giving messages from the, the pulpit of Open Bible for as long as I've been alive. I've been 50, I'm 52 years of age, and you've heard Stewardship Month for 52 years. Guess what? You can still grow in your giving. You can still grow in your giving. We never get to the point where we outgrow spiritual principles in our lives we never get there so how about committing with me that I'm going to grow in 2020 in this area of giving